Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the How to Bible Podcast. My name is Levi, and I am the host of this podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in and contributing your feedback to this podcast. Stay tuned as we dive into our next episode. Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in to another episode. Uh, today is February 21st of 2020. It's been <laughs> it's been a hot minute since I have produced anything on the podcast. Uh, I want to say it's probably been almost a year, um, and I apologize for that for those of you guys that do listen um, and have been asking for it. Uh, it's been kind of a strange season for myself. I um I get I had mono for almost two years, uh, for eighteen months I think. Uh, and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't going away, and I had to see a couple of infectious disease doctors, and I had to see a rheumatologist and a couple of primary cares, and just to kind of get some clarity on on why uh, why I wasn't feeling well. I couldn't couldn't think clearly. I couldn't get a clear linear thought. Couldn't string a, a concept together in my brain. Um, I've been a Christian now for over half of my life and I had a, a gentleman that I was sharing the gospel with at work uh, he had asked me why do you guys celebrate Christmas and I drew a total blank I couldn't remember to save my life why uh, we as Christians celebrated Christmas it just the information wasn't in my brain and it scared me a little bit so I, I ended up seeing a rheumatologist to try to figure out okay hey is this normal um, this is a concept that is, that is pretty pretty familiar with me, and I'm I'm pretty familiar with why we celebrate Christmas and, and the reasons for it, and and uh, and it just wasn't there. So they ran a, a battery of tests on me. Um, they drew like a gallon of blood. You know, they're they're really thorough, and uh, found out that I had something called an elevated rheumatoid factor, which is an indication of some sort of autoimmunity going on. Um, so after doing some more testing and looking at my symptoms, they had concluded that I had been diagnosed or they diagnosed me with rheumatoid arthritis, which is a autoimmune condition that affects uh, your joints. Um, it causes pain and inflammation. I'm um, usually those ladies, those, those sweet little grandmas that have the, the fingers that are all, uh, really contorted and twisted. That's rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so we've been kind of battling that. A lot of my symptoms are, are in my hips and my hands, my ankles, my feet. Um, but then I have a whole slew of these other symptoms that are cognitive, that have affected my brain and my ability to think. And um, after receiving this diagnosis and, and doing some research on my own uh, and reading about it, and, you know, you always read the worst stuff and you, you're hoping that that's not not going to be you, but that's always lingering in the back of your head. Um, I decided that I wanted to really treat this aggressively. Now, they had put me on some medication for the rheumatoid arthritis, and I started reading some of the, the medication uh, talking points and, and side effects and uses, and it seems like every medication that was suggested, one of the more uncommon side effects is psychosis. Um, which, you know, if you're going to get dizzy or nauseous, that's one thing. It's another thing to lose your mind and, and fly off the rails. 
Um, so I, I really am not excited about having to take some form of medication uh, that has really strange side effects. The one medication they put me on, um, one of the side effects was that the individual taking the medication can sometimes feel like others can hear their thoughts. Um, so I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of an odd side effect. Um, so I, I had been taking that medication for uh, about two months, maybe a month and a half, and I had a really strange, a series of strange cognitive issues that came up with it. Um, one of them was really startling. I was out with my wife and, and my young daughter, and and I just there was no um, there was no recognition of, of her being my daughter. I knew that she was, but there was no emotional ke- connection. I was very restless, uh, very unhappy, uh, more so than just being like, oh, you know, we're in a rough spot. It was just a, a serious discontent with everything in my life all at once, and it lasted for about ninety minutes. And after that 90 minutes, the switch came on and everything was back to normal. I was to my normal self. and But it was so frightening. I felt like I was, I was losing my mind. Like my mind was separating from reality and that I wasn't able to control what was going on anymore in my head. And it was just running wild. And that is, uh, that's a big deal, I mean, for me. Obviously, it's a big deal for everybody. But for me, as, a, as an individual who wants to do podcasting, as an individual who was um, a youth pastor, a chaplain, I need to have my my cognitive function. I need to have that ability to to recognize um, a string of a thought and and be able to put an idea together enough to make it communicable to somebody else. And even now, still, I'm kind of um, dusting out the cobwebs. But through the process of trying to get off a of medication for this and trying to find a more holistic approach to fixing myself, I I came across a couple of things that have been really, really beneficial. One of those things is something called the Wim Hof Method. Uh, He's a a Dutch gentleman from uh, Amsterdam, I believe. I'm not really sure where he's from. Some people say Poland, Amsterdam. I'm not really sure. He's got an app and a podcast and, and he's been doing this breathing method. Um, and it's it's radically improved other individuals who have had autoimmune conditions in the past, such as Lyme's disease, MS, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, rheumatism in general. Uh, so that caught my interest. Now, my problem with this is that a lot of the breathing techniques that are out there um, are not really applicable for Christians. And I say that because there's a great deal of New Age religion attached to these these breathing methods, um, whether it be through yoga or whether it be through pranayama, which is another form of yoga breathing. Um, all of these breathing techniques are centered within some dogmatic uh, New Age theology. And it, it's a struggle for me because I, I see the results of other individuals and I want those same results. I want I want to fix myself. I want to heal myself uh, so that I can continue forward with quality of life and being a dad and a husband and a, and a pastor and chaplain. And these are all things that I want to continue to do, but my brain and my body just were not there. So as I was looking at this method, the, the Wim Hof method, um, he's been working on it his entire life. And one of the things that caught my attention was the fact that 
the scientific community had fully endorsed his method. It's the only method out there that has ever been scientifically endorsed to create you know, these results, XYZ results. So that really intrigued me, and as I began to look at this method a little more, I realized that it wasn't really rooted in some dogmatic, ancient New Age theology. Um, it was just breathing, breathing to relax, learning to control your breath, learning to be mindful of your breathing. Um, 70% of the toxins in our body are excreted through our breath, and everything else is through the, the other excretory systems uh, that we have, whether that be a bowel movement or, or you know, taking a pee or whatever it ends up being, those that remaining bit of toxin is, is removed that way. But 70% through breath work. So I was really intrigued and I figured, you know what, I'd give it a try and, and see, see how it worked out for me. And I was truly impressed with the benefits it had in my mind in calming myself down, uh, relaxing myself, um, and allowing myself to meditate on, on God's Word, to meditate on what the Lord was teaching me through this trial, um, which was a great deal. Um, additionally, there's, a, there's another side of, of his practice that he does that has been really beneficial for my body. And that practice is um, cold water immersion. Uh, so the recommendation is that you, know, you spend three minutes in 60 degree and below water to recruit something called brown fat in your body. The human body has um, mostly white adipose tissue. That's the fat we see on our, on our skin and underneath the skin and padding our organs. But when we expose our body to extreme temperatures for incremental periods of time, your body begins to recruit something called brown fat. Now, brown fat has a higher, a higher mitochondria concentration and it has a natural thermogenic property to it. Consider infants. If you've ever had, ever had a baby or you've ever held a child before, um, they just kick off some serious heat. They're really warm um, and, and they're, always, they're always hot. Their, their temperatures are always elevated. They always feel like they're, they're running a fever. And that's because infants have a higher concentration of this brown fat. As we grow and we start putting clothes on and controlling our environment, um, we, we begin to lose the ability to um, use that brown fat and it begins to go away and transition to white fat. So submerging your body inside cold water, if you look at athletes, you know, NBA players, NFL, um, these guys will submerge themselves in ice baths after practices to speed up recovery, to reduce inflammation, um, and to prepare their bodies to be ready to train harder again more frequently and sooner. Um, side note, most autoimmune conditions have a, a, a root in uh, inflammation in the human body, mostly because of our diet, uh, our diet, our exercise, um, those things are all, they all contribute to that inflammation in our body. So what I did is I began to do the breathing from Wim Hof and then I began to do the cold water immersion and the two of them marry real well together because when you're in the water you're supposed to control your your natural response to gasp for air to um, to fight for that that fight or flight kicks in and wants you to jump out of the water right away this forces you to stay in longer uh, to immerse yourself in that um, 
they suggest, Wim Hof and, and his people suggest that if you're interested in doing this, that you start with a cold shower, take a normal shower, uh, and then for the last 30 seconds of your shower, just turn the water on cold and try to breathe through that, keep yourself from shivering and just compose yourself and then get out and then work your way up incrementally from there. However, I've noticed in my life, I don't really do anything halfway. I have a tendency to go extreme with everything right away. Uh, so I, I, I did a cold shower a couple times and I, I bought a 55 gallon tote, fill it up with ice water and jumped in there. And, and now I'm jumping in my pool here in January and February. It's been really, really great for myself. It's helped me out a lot. Um, a lot of my symptoms have, have disappeared. My fevers are no longer there. My, the rashes I normally get aren't there. The joint pain in my upper body is gone, but I still have pain in my feet. It's just not as intense, which is good. So I did those two things, and then I adapted my diet to a fairly strict ketogenic diet. Now, the ketogenic diet is, and I are not strangers to each other. I've done it off and on uh, for the last several years. But over the last 90 days, I've really dialed it in um, and incorporated some intermittent fasting uh, anywhere between 16 hours and 24 hours. Usually uh, several times a week I'll do that. Uh, and that seems to clean out a lot of the, the nasties that are in my body. One of the beautiful things that happens when you get to about 24 hours of fasting, your body goes into a state of autophagy. And autophagy is basically recycling all the dead stuff in your cells. Now, if we don't get to autophagy and we feed ourselves, our body doesn't get a chance to do that cleaning process, to clean out all the garbage that's in your cells um, and start rebuilding things and rebuilding proteins and in a more efficient way. So beyond 16 hours, your body's kind of done digesting and it's taking a break. And then 24, is on, 24 hours, you hit autophagy. And then if you can make it to 30 hours or 36 hours, autophagy increases by like 300%. So your body begins to really start cleaning out the cobwebs and, and recycling things. And I did a 30-hour fast uh, last week, and towards the tail end, I felt really amazing. My brain was extremely clear. My head was uh, wide open. Um, I felt really good, really peaceful. And then I broke the fast with some ketogenic foods slowly and incrementally, not overdoing it. And then I do that every couple of days and it seems to help. So those three things have really been um, pivotal in, in my recovery from uh, mononucleosis, uh, I had a parvo infection, and rheumatoid arthritis, which obviously is gonna be a, a lifelong companion. But I wanted to jump on it now. Now, we're about 15 minutes into this podcast episode and I'm sure you're probably wondering, like, how does this have to do with the Bible? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we talk about trials often on here uh, and a lot of times individuals like myself we, we speak of trials and we're usually speaking from a place of of safety we're speaking from a place of I'm not involved in anything right now I'm not in a trial right now I'm, I'm speaking to people who are and, and we can get cavalier and we can be um, flippant about what's going on in people's lives but right now I'm still in this fight I'm still fighting to to regain some uh, of my life back, some of my health back, some of the things that I really enjoy doing I can't do anymore or are unable to do as of right now. Um, but I'm working towards those things. And I think about Job and not to liken my trial or anything like 
like Job's or anything like that, but on some levels we can relate to that where we wonder why God is permitting things to to happen to us while he's why he's um, signing off on these things to to happen in our lives and I have to be reminded that you know God is sovereign and he looks at our lives in a wide-angle lens and he sees all of the things that are happening that will bring the result of something greater in the end and I know some people feel like that's kind of a cop-out that uh, we we say that because you know we can't find anything else to say good about the situation or what's happening but the truth is is that when you look at like Joseph and the Technicolor coat right if it hadn't been for that Technicolor coat his dad giving that to him he wouldn't have been um, betrayed by his brothers he would not have been sold into slavery in Egypt he would not have become the prime minister in Egypt and save his family and if he hadn't saved his family the Jews wouldn't have ended up in Egypt and exited you know had the exodus out of Egypt and there would be no savior out of that so when God looks at a situation that he's allowing us to go through he sees it through a wide-angle lens he sees the the beginning the middle and end now that doesn't mean that he's not compassionate um, during the process uh, in our lives and when things are are backfiring and when things are aren't going our way the way we want them um, he sees those things and he's compassionate about those things because he gives you those those moments along the way where you receive that peace from him where uh, you find yourself on your knees in prayer and you find a closeness in God on your knees that you would not find on your feet I was um, I was uh, cleaning out our side yard this morning before I, I'm commuting to work which is why you hear all this background noise I apologize and I was picking up these lime tree branches from this giant lime tree we have in the backyard. And the branches have been out there about two weeks now. And uh, they have these like two and a half inch, three inch thorns on them. And every time I, I grab them, I stab my hand. And I'm just reminded of Adam, right? We wouldn't be in this mess, Adam, if it wasn't for you, right? That's what we all say. And then you think about it for a minute, like, well, what if the, what if it was somebody else other than Adam? Do you think you would have been able to to overcome the temptations that came his way. And I was reminded that Adam was really the best of us. He was the first one. He had the best health, the best situation. He had the best relationship with the Lord. He had everything that was the best. And yet still his his nature, his uh, lack of faith in God and what God said led us to where we're at now. So I think that it's in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I maybe mean, we should take it easy on Adam. Like, he, he had all the advantages that we don't have, and yet he still uh, stumbled and faltered. So when we get into situations where we find ourselves suffering or in pain, or where we find ourselves questioning God and questioning what's going on, just be reminded of those individuals in Scripture who, you know, they never knew. Job never knew why uh, he was being tempted and why he was being uh, accursed by the devil while why his family was taken while his cattle was gone why he lost his health um, all of those things but if we're able to hold on to who God is if we're able to hold on to his sovereignty and his holiness and his righteousness and trust in his plan and what he's doing we'll see the benefits of struggling and fighting and suffering a lot sooner than at the end.
will see those benefits immediately when we start putting Christ in the position he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be supreme and fully reigning in our hearts and in our minds. And if we can hold on to those things in those moments, and we can throw our prayers and cast them at God in the form of trust, not an accusation or angrily questioning Him, but trusting that His plan is truly the best path, then we reap the fruit of being believers who are covered in God's grace and held in His hand. We'll reap the benefit of knowing that we cannot be taken from Him, that we cannot be removed from His guiding hand, His loving embrace, His protection, and His provision. So take courage in that. I pray that that is something uh, that does encourage you, knowing that you are under the care, security, and provision of God, even if it doesn't feel like it. We don't always know what the end result is. We don't always know why God is doing what He's doing. But we can trust in His Word, in His promises, that He is good, that His end result is good for us, that he does have those interests in mind. One thing I would like to say is that, and this might come across harsh, but sit down on it and meditate. Look at the scripture and examine whether or not what I'm saying is true, but God doesn't care about our happiness. I say it again, God doesn't care about our happiness. He cares about our holiness. So for the glory of the Lord and the hope of the nations, Stay the course.